0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of season two. Today, we have someone with us who is an entrepreneurship expert. He has helped a lot of startups and has also worked with the government in the same sector. We have Mr. Ravi Ranjan with us. Hi, sir. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, hello. Thank you so much. And uh, welcome to all the listeners who are listening to us. Uh, It's a pleasure connecting to all of you today. Thank you.
0: Uh, so, before we start with the round of questions, uh, I would just like to ask you, uh, could you give a small introduction of yourself to our listeners so that, you know, they get to know about you?
1: Absolutely. Um, my name is Ravi Ranjan. I have spent more than a decade working with startups in the country. Um, very interesting, my, my story, I, I personally have never studied engineering or management or startup but I would say that when you are dis- destined to do something somehow you know the, the, the nature just comes together so I studied journalism and uh, after studying journalism I went on to work with some of the media houses but I figured out that's not my calling and that's when I moved on uh, I got a very interesting opportunity to work with an incubator which was supported by Government of India way back in 2011 Now this was the time when startup was not as cool as it is today, it has, I mean, I think about it, it looks like yesterday, but it's already more than 11 years, right? Um, So I worked with uh, Indian Angel Network, which was a very large incubator at that time. Then, you know, after spending a lot of year, um, you know, I had this very interesting opportunity to learn from the best people. Um, Some of the companies who are unicorns today, I happened to uh, be with them when they started just with a small idea worked there moved on worked with another company which was a fund from austria then i moved to hong kong worked with another network then i came back to india worked with a very interesting program called nascom 10,000 startups which was an initiative at that time it was one of the biggest initiative in the world to promote entrepreneurship it was supported by multiple partners the central government of india various state governments companies like facebook google microsoft amazon and a lot of them so that gave me a lot of opportunity to work closely with the startup Uh, And then at the same time I started uh, Going out and talking to people especially young students and aspiring entrepreneurs. So I've had a privilege so far I have trained 1,70,000 students and I've trained around 7,000 faculties uh, on entrepreneurship So it has been a wonderful journey. I'm currently the founder of Velocity One which is a strategic consulting company and I also work with a lot of uh, leading names, one of the largest investment network from India I represent is Venture Catalyst and Nine Unicorn. Uh, so that's a quick introduction about me. Thank you.
0: That's a lot to think in. You know, uh, it's like whatever one dreams of to achieve, you've already done it. I was going through your profile and I, you know, noticed that you mentioned uh, Shark Tank. So can you brief on your role uh, with the show?
1: No, absolutely I'm sure uh, all the listeners you guys are watching uh, the shark tank on Sony TV which comes from Monday to Friday Uh, it was it was the month of May 2020 when I uh, got this opportunity from uh, my client venture catalyst so basically venture catalyst is the exclusive startup ecosystem advisor to Sony TV or producing this show and I got the opportunity to lead this uh, for 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 Sony so um, I would say in a way I was prepared for all my life to make this show um, because I have media background and I've spent a lot of time in the startup ecosystem so it was a perfect combination where um, for the first year we did a lot of research to make sure that this show us something like this is ready and uh, for India because you know India is a very very large country and the challenges are different from the US while Shark Tank has been a successful format across the world um, it was new experiment for us in India so the first year was about research the second year was about execution where we started um, you know actually calling for application we got more than 60,000 applications Uh, so very very exciting my role was primarily to design the entire business aspect of the show from the perspective of an investor Uh, I was also responsible to bring the sharks on the show I was also responsible to curate the entire application process for the show and uh, a lot of things. So yeah, I would say it has been a fun experience and this is just the first year. I'm sure in the next couple of years, uh, startups entrepreneurship would become a mainstream discussion in our, in our houses. And I'm very sure as a student, your parents will not ask you if you've got a placement. I'm sure they would ask you if you have built a startup.
0: <laughs> I hope so that, you know, happens. Uh, also I'm, uh, gonna admit it. I'm a fan already. And, uh, so you mentioned bringing in the sharks. So how did you choose the sharks? What was the combinations that were in your mind? You know, uh, because there are a lot of people out there, you could have chosen, right? So how did you come up with a decision? Because, you know, uh, sharks are the main aspect of the show. If you choose the wrong shark, uh, the show flops, right? So how did you take that decision?
1: Yeah, and that's a very good question. Unfortunately, I can't answer that exactly because um there are a lot of uh you know, kind of I would say industry secrets and NDAs. But I'm going to take the cue from the global format. If you look at Shark Tank across the world, if you look at especially the US Shark Tank, uh you know, interestingly when the sharks were approached for season one, even in the US, uh they were not um uh, As Famous as they are today. Obviously you can understand they eventually also learned a lot of things But one of the most important element is that the shark should have three qualities number one he or she should have experience of running a business of their own or Coming from the startup background so that they can understand the challenges the pain points of a startup number one number two they should have enough Capital available at any given point so that they are very comfortable in making those investment decisions and number three they should act like a mentor and they should Be like a guiding principle to all the startups who are raising money from them if a person just gives the check and never talks to the startup again um, the chances are that the startup might not succeed now you can understand that all the sharks across the world are very busy people they have their own businesses and they have personally invested in a a lot of companies so it's not possible for them to talk to each one of them at a regular basis but that's why they are different uh, that they can do a lot of things in a small time and um, what makes the sharks unique is that they can offer uh, money Immediately, but also offer periodical advice to the founders so that they can, uh, you know, navigate through the difficult challenges of entrepreneurship. Because as you know, entrepreneurship is a long journey. Uh, it is uh, also a very lonely journey. You need partners and people who believe in your idea, and that's when you can succeed.
0: So I can assure that you know your choice of the sharks was a great one because, a all the audiences are really loving it, and we even you know podcasted some of the people who got. Uh, The funding through your show, and they are loving the sharks. So yeah. Uh, That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now coming to the uh, learnings, you've worked with like you've trained more than one lakh people. You've trained more than seven thousand faculties on entrepreneurship. You have you know uh, you basically planned Shark Tank India. So uh, what all did you learn about a learn about entrepreneurship during this decade? Which you can share with our listeners, you know, someone who's starting right now or you know starting their own journey in the entrepreneurial world. So, any advices for him or something during the journey you found common in all the startups that you helped them?
1: Sure, definitely. There are a lot of things. I'll try and summarize very quickly. Number one, don't build a startup just because everyone else everyone else is doing it. Do it because you truly believe in it. Startup is not a shortcut to become rich. Startup is not a shortcut to not do a job. Startup is not a shortcut. Shortcut where you can say that oh, I don't like working for someone else. I'll work for myself because when you build a company, understand, uh, you are building a startup where you are going to solve a problem. Number one, you are going to uh, give job opportunity to a lot of people. Number three, you are going to raise money from a lot of people. Number four, you are responsible for the customer satisfaction number five you're responsible for wealth creation for yourself for your investors and for all your team members right so it's a big responsibility it's definitely not easy it's very very difficult um i would say uh you know if i if i put it lightly uh, imagine when for the first time in your life you had a crush on someone a boy or a girl and you have so much believe in that idea that i really like this person that you spend a lot of time following that person and making sure that you put your best effort so that you can you know kind of get some time with that person if you do not fall in love with your idea so much that you can spend at least the next 10 to 12 years i think it's not love it's just infatuation uh, that's what the passion you need to have when you build a startup number one number two It's very important to look at the problem you're trying to solve. Are you trying to create a t-shirt company which is funky and cool or are you trying to create a company which can save lives? Both of them are good. There's no problem in selling t-shirts but you need to understand the impact of the solution you're bringing. So for example there's a very interesting company in the in the US Uh, they operate primarily in Africa it's called ZipLine. ZipLine delivers blood in less than 30 minutes using drone now drones are you know fancy technology people use it to click pictures videos etc but who would have thought that you can deliver uh, blood with drone but that's what an entrepreneur thinks if the pizza can be delivered in 30 minutes forget about pizza if the grocery can be delivered in 10 minutes why can't we deliver blood why can't we deliver medicine why can't we deliver life-saving equipment in remote areas across the country You'll be surprised to know that even today, more than 75% of Indian population do not, they do not have access to basic healthcare, education, food and hygienic life. Now, all these are problems. Are you trying to solve a bigger problem? And when I say bigger problem, I'm not saying that you should go and build a social company or an NGO. Look at Swiggy, Zomato, Ola, Uber. I would say these are all social ventures because they employ... Thousands and thousands of people they directly and indirectly impa- impact millions of lives. So What is the problem you're trying to solve because trust me in a country like India? There are so many problems which you can solve in healthcare, in education Do you know even today more than 70% people in India are not comfortable in English They cannot speak English and that is one reason they cannot be as successful as they should be let me tell you a personal story i come from a very very small village in jharkhand so uh, you know one of the biggest challenge is uh, communication and uh, as i was saying a lot of people even today cannot speak english and while a lot of you who are listening to this podcast obviously would not be able to relate because we are talking in english uh, and you might also ask is that a big deal but it is a big deal a lot of people lose opportunities because they are not able to communicate properly in fact you know very interestingly when i um face this person problem personally, I had to find a solution. To give you a little background, I come from a very small place in Jharkhand. When I was growing up, uh, it was the highest Naxal affected area in the country, which means that I used to only see violence, Naxalism, terrorism every single day. And that was very challenging on one side this was the challenge on the other side I wanted to uh, learn something and make this world a better place unfortunately I had no privilege of using the internet or uh, going to a library forget about library the school I went to it was a government Hindi medium school and there was no bench or table I used to sit on the floor I mean I don't think you guys can imagine that but uh, what I was trying to share with you is That when I moved on and I finished my graduation I could not speak even a word of English and every single thing in front of me looked like a big challenge but there are two ways one a normal way and one way an entrepreneur thinks I believe now I would not have believed this ten years ago I now believe that I was born with the trait of entrepreneurship I took all these challenge as a privilege and I started working on this myself from a person who never speak a word of English I today am one of the most um, I would say uh, sought after speaker at events across the country I have been to TEDx twice I have done a lot of things and I was telling you that I I have trained one lakh seventy thousand people so um, there are but the, the thing is that even today there are people who don't have that luxury so think about as simple as building an application like duolingo where people from regional languages can learn english or any other language if you can introduce gamification if you can introduce um, easy uh, data driven learning mechanism people can take so much advantage so so many things so many problems healthcare education skill development a um, lot of things which are available you just need to look at what is the problem you are trying to solve third and the final and the most important thing uh, you need to uh, be ready to commit a long time because today on one side, there are people who are trying to build something and they're they are not able to achieve success. At the same time, there are people who are able to build a very interesting model and raise a lot of money. Just to give you perspective, last year in 2021, India had 42 unicorns. Now a unicorn is a private limited company which is valued at a billion dollar or above. So you can understand that 42 companies Received a valuation of 1 billion dollar and above. What is interesting about this is that India is now the third largest unicorn nation in the world and I think you guys would know but let me tell you 10 years ago it used to take somewhere between 15 to 17 years for a company to get the valuation of a billion dollar in 2021 there was a company it took six months to go from zero to a billion dollar and i'm sure some of you who are listening uh, maybe you will bring it down to 3 months right that company was called Mansa. it's a thrashio based model Threshold and based uh, model very very right. it's a very interesting concept so uh, yeah i mean so many opportunities you just need to know how to grab those opportunities yes
0: so uh, so first of all that that was a great answer you know i personally to did learn a lot from it uh, so So, talking about your experience working with the government, what all schemes are there? Uh, You know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are starting, but they have no idea how the government is helping. Like you mentioned the uh, the uh, NASCOM initiative taken by the government. So, could you tell tell some initiatives that or, you know, some resources that the people starting in India can use uh, being an entrepreneur?
1: Absolutely. Um, First of all, if you look at the global ecosystem across the world, there are some Startup hubs Silicon Valley in the US Tel Aviv in Israel London in uh, in UK You know Germany and France Paris in 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 Europe and then we have Bangalore, Delhi and Mumbai in India If you see one common link between all these ecosystems is that All these ecosystems work on their own. They do not expect government support and they do not wait for it now, why is that because startup is very fast-moving it? Moves at a super fast pace. Unfortunately, none of the government in the world can keep up with the pace of a founder or an entrepreneur Having said that Surprisingly government of India have done phenomenal work right from the launch of the startup India uh, policy in 2016 uh, to uh, You know declaring 16th January as the national startup day I think government has done phenomenally well on the policy piece on the actual on-ground support Uh, Government of India has launched a 10,000 crore fund of fund through which startups can raise capital Government of India has launched mudra loan scheme where startups can get up to 10 lakh rupees collateral free loan Uh, Government of India has eased the process of starting a company and running the compliance and managing that Uh, Government of India has also started stand-up India scheme where people can get uh, easy loan Uh, Government of India has also uh, started a very interesting incentive scheme where you can get incentive on filing your patent. Uh, if you do Startup India recognition registration on the uh, you know, NITI Aayog Startup India website, you can get tax exemption for the first three years. These are a couple of very important points. The other point is that government is trying to create various framework and policy reforms, which will help uh, building and scaling a business in India very easy. And finally, various state governments have their own startup policies and they have a lot of grant and funding available they have incubator accelerator co-working spaces access to mentor technology and money um, every every government so right from telangana to karnataka to uh, jammu kashmir uh, to jharkhand everyone have their own policy and the founders can choose which state they want to work from okay uh, that's i guess uh,
0: something like definitely, we can take care while starting a startup. Uh, so, so everyone talks about the hardships of startup, you know. Uh, so, you have worked with a lot of startups, like I have mentioned a lot of times in this podcast. So, could you share some uh, of the experiences where you could see the startup uh, founder being really vulnerable, or you know, some examples of it? Because people feel being a startup founder is very cool. You know, that's the general perspective. That startup is you are not working that hard you are just doing it because you don't you don't want to work in a job or something like that but there are a lot of hardships that come uh, working as a startup founder
1: sure definitely there are a lot of stories i'll tell tell share two stories uh, this was in 2000 and i would say 12 or 13 i was working at indian angel network and typically we used to host a pitch day every third saturday where entrepreneurs will come to pitch in front of investors to raise capital This was a time when, as I mentioned, startup was not as cool. So typically you will see very senior professionals, 40 year plus, wearing suit and coming to pitch for their idea. I was surprised to see a 16 year old boy wearing his denims and carrying a backpack uh, to come raise capital. I was very, very intrigued. Um, After the pitch was over, I went to him and I started talking to him. I said, what are you doing? Very interesting to see you. Then he started saying that I want to build this company. Uh, I really believe in this. And he also mentioned that, you know, I had some money which my parents gave me to pay my college fees, but I made the website uh, for my company from that money. And uh, he also shared that, you know, I have not been able to pay my rent for the last couple of months. Um, so it was very difficult to listen to that. But, uh, the you know, the founder was really determined and he wanted to make sure that he built his company in really good fashion. I kept in touch with him. A couple of months down the line, he got his first round of funding. I was very happy, congratulated him. And then a few months down the line, he got the next round of funding and then he just kept on moving. At that time, everyone doubted him that how can a person who has never been to college, who is so young can build something so big. But he kept on believing in himself and from one point where it was difficult for him to convince everyone, in fact, to pay his rent. Today, his personal net worth is billions of dollars and that company is Oyo Rooms and the founder is Ritesh Agarwal. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. There are so many Ritesh Agarwals in India who have done this. Um, The second story I'll tell you uh, I met these guys in a business plan competition in 2012 in Chennai. Now, a very interesting story. These guys came to Delhi once for some event and they went, they are South Indian, they love eating dosa and stuff. So, when they went to a restaurant, ordered dosa, and they were surprised to see that at that point of time they had to pay 100 rupees for dosa. They asked the restaurant owner why so expensive because typically you get dosa in 5 or 10 rupees in South India at that point of time. He said that, listen, we have to spend so much money on manpower because making dosa is a difficult affair. Uh, they went back and started thinking, can we do something? Can we automate? They built a company, very interesting. I helped them, mentored them, guided them uh, so that they can do something. Now, one and a half year down the line, we had a very big event. We had a room full of 300 investors. The biggest names in the country and they had a uh, they had a demo uh, you know they had a demo day where they had to present their idea I was working with them since morning I got them the batter I got them their setup they went in front of the entire crowd and they were doing the demo and suddenly something happened there was short circuit in the machine and they were not able to demonstrate I would have gone crazy but they kept their calm and um, you know somehow we convinced the investor we gave them the second shot they demonstrated and they got oversubscribed people just wanted to invest in that company that company is called Matic. today it's world's first and the only automated dosa machine and now they have so many other things they're doing so one common learning for us is that as a founder you need to believe in your idea you need to work hard but you need to also be have that perseverance so that you can keep on going uh, unless you do all these things uh, very difficult to succeed because Uh, It's a very difficult space and there's a lot of competition. So, yeah.
0: So, uh, that's something, you know, uh, really inspiring. Now, this is one thing, you know, everyone talks about the hardships and all, but no one can, you know, no investor talks about what is the right time to go for an investment and uh, uh, what all things do we need to take care while going to an investor? So could you share your insights and put some light on it? Because I feel you have the most experience in it. Uh, So, yeah.
1: No, absolutely. Um, So I represent India's number one and world's number two early stage investment network called Venture Catalyst Group. We have two investment options. One of them is a SEBI registered fund. It's called Nine Unicorn. Through this, we invest $100,000 in startups at a very early stage. We have venture catalyst which is an angel investment network where we invest up to 2 million dollar and interestingly we have now launched a student focused fund where students from the top colleges in the country if they are building a good idea will write them a check of 50000 uh, dollar you know right in their college days so uh, talking about hardship as a as a as a founder when you when you start the business there are a lot of challenges but investors are looking at three things importantly number 1 the team, um, the team which is trying to build this idea or the solution, is it one of the best team they have ever seen? Uh, because trust me, ideas are dime a dozen. I mean, everyone has an idea, uh, and even if I tell you ten ideas right now, you cannot execute that unless you truly put your efforts onto that. So ideas do not matter a lot at early stage. It's the team which matters a lot. So if you are a very good person who can code you should definitely have someone who can sell if you are a good marketing pers- person you should get someone who's good in technology so that your, your founding team should be a great combination of skills which complement each other number one number two you need to focus on what are you trying to build is it a b2b product is it a b2c product it is a d2c product uh, depending on the f- field or the vertical where you're working you should raise money accordingly today There are a lot of options available for you to raise money at an early stage. I'll give you, there are, for example, you have your uh, first option which is uh, friends and family. When you build your company, you can go and talk to your parents or your friends and tell them, listen, I'm trying to do this thing. Can you validate my idea? And if you like it, will you put some money there? Number two, there are a lot of incubators and accelerators available from there. You can make some money. Number three. You have a lot of business plan events. In fact, in Delhi, every year, a lot of colleges under Delhi University organize various business plans. You can apply to those business plan events and get some cash. And then you have Angel Round, and VC, etc. Now, interestingly, you have Shark Tank India. If you have an interesting idea, uh, it's a very simple process. You can go online, apply, and if your idea is selected, you come to audition. Then you go to the tank, and if everything goes well, you walk out with a check. So a lot of options available as a founder today especially and guys 2022 to 2030 is the decade of entrepreneurship if you're not building a startup or you're not working with a startup or the company where you're working is it, it does not function like a startup i think you're going to lose so my recommendation would be is that While it's not necessary for everyone to build a startup or become an entrepreneur, it is 100% necessary that you think and you act like an entrepreneur every time when you are a student, when you go for your higher studies, when you join your family business, when you get a job or when you build a company. You have to think like an entrepreneur. How do you think like an entrepreneur? Look at problem at a bigger level. Think in the future, find solutions, be a team player, act like a leader, take risk, think about creating wealth. This is what you need to be successful as a human being on this planet Earth. That's it. Oh,
0: thank you, sir. sir I just uh, thank you, sir. I just had a question uh, from your experience, from your vast experience. Can you just point out a few common points wherein startups, you know? initially got that big funding but again
1: they made some fundamental mistakes that caused them in the long run like I'm sure you know a few examples because this is what's happening that initially startups get a lot of funding but we can only see a
0: handful of them converting into huge businesses so yeah, you have yeah. you know adding absolutely. a part to the question uh, at times just to get the funding they go to the wrong investor or they give give up too much equity so putting some light on that too
1: Absolutely. So, see the first part is that who your investors are is a very important aspect. So, if you go and raise money from a person who will give you money, but they have no expertise in your domain or in general business, they are not going to add value because they would only expect you to give them returns on their investment. Um, You might as well raise money from banks. If you raise money from a professional investor, your expectation is that The person will give you money and also add value to the company by extending his network and giving you feedback time to time while not every investor can do that but you should definitely have some investors number two um, you need to definitely do your due diligence and research when you are raising capital if you are at a very early stage don't go and pitch to VCs because they are not looking at you also uh, don't go and pitch to let's say you're building a fintech company and you go and pitch to a fund which invests only in agritech you're definitely pitching to the wrong team so it's very important that you do your research um, now to come uh, come to the next question uh, you know what are the challenges faced by startups even after they got the money so a lot of people think that raising funding is the most difficult part but actually is the easiest part the most difficult part is to to make sense of that money and to be able to multiply that uh, there are a lot of examples, I'm not going to take names, but, um, you know, there are a lot of companies who raised a lot of money. There was a very big company in the, in the real estate segment, you know. They raised a lot of money, but unfortunately, their CEO uh, was not able to play the role of a good leader. And because of his not-so-friendly attitude, eventually, the board asked him to leave the company, and the company kind of fell down At from one time when it was looked like one of the most valuable company in real estate from there it went down to absolutely uh, one of the poorest another one in the hyper local delivery today you have companies like Grofers and you have big basket you have Zomato and Swiggy there were a lot of companies who raised a lot of money um, to build a similar model unfortunately most of them shut down and even Grofers was on the Verge of shutting down it was not doing well today. They have rebranded themselves as Blinkit But you'll be surprised to know that there's a company called Zepto started by a 19 year old um, Stanford dropout he figured out that he can use technology and he can introduce a new uh, Supply chain you know solution through which they can do grocery delivery in 10 minutes. I mean (laughs) I would take more time myself if I go out to buy something. I don't know how to do they do it But that's their technology and that is why Zepto has today become one of the most valuable company. You'll be surprised to know that Zepto Founders had received an offer from Swiggy and Zomato at a very early stage to sell their company for 1 billion dollar That's seven and a half thousand crore, but they believed in the idea They knew that they're going to build something great today they are bigger than all the companies in this field combined. So, um, it's not the money it's how you use that money, how you get experts to help you. And as a person, as a founder, how much effort you put on making sure that your model is one of the best model out there.
0: Thank you. So, <coughs> uh, Pranav, do you have any questions or shall I continue? You're yeah. yeah. So since we have talked about the hardships of entrepreneurship, you've given uh, some learnings uh, from your career, the right time to go to a VC. So uh, we'll be, you know, coming to the end of the podcast. But before that, uh, just two questions from my side. One piece of advice to the young entrepreneurs from your side, just a small advice. And second, uh, one thing you feel that, you know, uh, that kept you motivated throughout the journey especially because you changed your uh, you know aspect from journalism to entrepreneurship so i'm sure you know you, you must have faced a lot of hardships your own, at your own self you know while during the journey so what is that one thing that kept you motivated and you feel that you know might help the young entrepreneurs as well
1: absolutely to answer your first question first um, as a as an advice i would request everyone out there especially young people uh, to go out and try building a startup, I'll tell you why. There, there are multiple reasons, but I'll tell you two reasons. Number one, there's something called a demographic dividend, uh, which means that at any point of time, if a country has more than 40% or 50% of the people under the age bracket of 30, it's considered a young country. Italy, France, they had a demographic dividend in 1970s, uh, then the US had in 1980s, then Japan had way before that, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, they all are currently in the demographic dividend phase, which means that for till year 2048, India is going to be one of the youngest country in the world, where the dependent are going to be less and earning members are going to be high. If we are not able to take advantage of the demographic dividend right now we are not going to become a superpower and we are not going to uh, become one of the best country in the world and uh, why is that if you look at any successful country in the world they are only successful because they have entrepreneurs you know unless you have millions of entrepreneurs working uh, you will not get a lot of wealth number one number two is that As a young person, you do not have a social responsibility. You don't have a personal loan. You don't have a house loan. You are not married. Your parents are not dependent financially on you. If you try and build a company, there are only two things which are going to happen. Number one, uh, in your college, if you build a company and it does not work well, by the end of your semester or your course, you'll go to the placement and you'll. if you're going for an interview, the recruiter, when he looks at your CV that you have built a company, even if it did not, success, it was not successful, he is going to be so impressed that you took that risk, you showed the leadership skills. Trust me guys, you are going to be the first one to be hired. So, that's one. Number two, most of the times, I believe that the chances are that your company would be successful if you start in first or second year and you would be sitting in the same... Placement hall, but you are hiding from your classmates and you are going to get some of the people work on your company These are the only two options. There's no third option. So you should build a company uh, That's my advice to every young person out there and to talk about my personal hardships. Yes It was very challenging coming from a super small village with no uh, You know background nobody to guide no mentor, especially there was no internet where you can go and search Um but I would say that was my strength, you know, I, I, I love Batman movies and especially when I was watching this movie The Dark Knight Rises there is a scene when, uh, you know, Batman is in, in, a, in this jail which is inside, you know, you know deep uh, well and nobody is able to go out and, you know, everyone tries but nobody succeeds and then, you know, Batman being the superhero he is He said, I'm gonna give it a try. So after he recovered, he went on and uh, tried attempting it, but he failed. And then this one guy, he told him that, listen, there was only one person who was able to escape from here because that person had no plan B. He had no backup to fall onto, right? And that's what you need to do. If you always keep making plan B, uh, it's gonna be challenging for you to take those bold steps. And trust me guys, only the bold gets the success. So we all look at influencers. We all look at rich people. We all look at people driving their, in their fancy cars and flying chartered. We all want to be looking like them. But are we trying to be rich? If and you know you cannot help the world, you cannot solve problem unless you are rich. So you need to do that. And right now is the best time for you to you know take that leap of faith. So that's what I want to say.
0: Thank you, sir. It has been a wonderful session. I've taken a lot of podcasts recently and you know I'm always that confident but while in front of you, I got a bit nervous and I'm uh, to be honest, I learned a lot from this particular session. So thank you.
1: It, it has been a pleasure for me as well. I'm, I, I hope I was able to add value uh, to this conversation and I'm sure people who are listening would have some takeaways.
0: Definitely. So I'm sure a lot of people would be inspired by the story. Thank you everyone for listening to the show. See you back in the next episode. Thank you.